Welcome to part two of episode one of Forever White Belt. I am Adolfo Ferranda. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Carl Prevec, known as the Silver Fox. If you haven't listened to part one, I implore you to pause this now, download part one of our conversation with Carl, and listen to that, and then come back and listen to this. So with that being said, enjoy the show. So on to more lighter things, if you will. Uh, <laughs> one, one of the things that really threw me for a loop during even the Faras content, the original, so the TriStar original stuff that you were on, going on to Roll with the Fox and the Antivirus was the names of the moves, right? So you'll have various different names for moves. So you call what I'm used to as side control, cross side, you know, what I call the Gable Girl, bolt cutter. And one of my favorites that I now say all the time is Udagatami. Yeah. So, uh, can you talk about these names for techniques? I'm very bad with names, and I, I have a hard time remembering them. So, I think Udagatami, which is one of my favorite weapons, is actually yeah. probably the only Japanese name I use for a move, because I think it's it's actually shorter and, than any other possible name I could upside down arm lock armbar. But I prefer to use descriptive names. Plus, also, I've been around for a long time in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So some of these techniques, you know, I just call them what they were called 20, 25 years ago. I was going to ask you that. So these you are know, like old school names, then, if you will. Yeah. Urigatami, I'm not sure. I think that may be a relatively newer name because it's probably right. more efficient than whatever it was called upside down arm lock. Sounds kind of like people have a hard, hard time sort of figuring out what it is. But most right. of them, I think, are coming from the old schools. Bolt cutter to me, it's sort of like right. when you're cutting a, you know, a wire, sort of the, it's, it's like a pliers that you cut. So it's, a lot of times I like to do, use descriptive terms. Help me remember the names. Yeah. <laughs> so can you expand on how your relationship with Farasa Hobby even happened and, and that whole thing? Where, you know, that goes a long, long way back. I think a lot of people don't understand that to, to a large extent, you know, Firas and George are uh, members of our tribe to, to some yeah. extent. Cause, you know, Firas yeah. got his black belt from, from John. And so, uh, you know, both him and, and George and a lot of other guys from TriStar, you know, especially like a lot of the guys that are really doing well on the no, uh, submission-only circuit and ADCC, mm-hmm. you know, Oliver Taza and Ethan Krellinston, they come down to New York to train with us and you know George and, and Ferros started that trend way back I don't know how many years ago it's got to be I think it's got to be 15 17 maybe long, more years than that they started coming to New York and training with us that's how we sort of start to know each other I think when they first started coming in I might have been a brown belt at the time it's maybe 17 years ago yeah probably I, I think at least 15 17 years ago I got my black belt 14 years ago so yeah it's before then and we just train and that's how the relationship developed. And, you know, I love Canada in the summer, not in the winter. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, I always Same. like to go up into the, to the mountains and lakes and hang around and, you know, stop by, and, you know, when I'm driving back down towards New Jersey and, and train and spend a couple of days. And so, you know, that's how the relationship developed. And I guess I have a deep respect for Firas, uh, you know, his knowledge of martial arts, but not just martial arts. He's a great Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I like the way he teaches. I like, really admire, and I, and I think this is probably something common where he really appreciates being a student of all the martial arts, right. including Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right. and how he carries himself with his guys. There's a lot of high-level professional athletes at his academy, and how the atmosphere is, there's no assholes up there. Right. You know, occasionally mm-hmm. they do come in, but they don't last. So it's, it's that kind of thing is what's probably most important to my, people I, I associate myself with. 
how do you expand your vocabulary of jujitsu? Are you looking for like new techniques? Are you keeping up on that stuff? Well, I, I train, you know, the virus not, notwithstanding, I train at Henzo's at least once a week on a regular basis. So I'm constantly exposed to people from all, you know, all the different pieces of, of Henzo Gracie tribe. You know, I go to some of the major tournaments, you know, with, with uh, some of my guys so that you always see kind of some of the new developments, but also, you know, I'm basically trying to help constantly make my game better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I see something with that, I think might be good for my game or from a specific position or specific situation. And I believe that's ancillary to what I'm to my game. I will mm -hmm. try to acquire it or make it better. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, and for example, if people start to counter my moves to counter my submissions, then mm -hmm. I either figure out how to do it differently mm -hmm. or add additional pieces of the sequence to make it, you know, go another step where I will hit, you know, hit them with the submission in the next step. Hmm. So you're doing that, so that I, arms race kind of thing, huh? Constantly. It's a never ending yeah. arms race. It's a never ending arms race. And anybody that, and I think that you could criticize some of the, some of the martial, you know, martial arts teachers, some of the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu teachers, when they get to black belt, they open in their academies that they basically stop being a student. They just want to be the big guy on the campus and, and become only teachers and, you know, I have news for you guys that if you're not a student, you cannot be a teacher. Let's talk about unconventional training. One of the things you're known for is a lot of your, your water work, uh, solo drilling, visualization, mindset, as we talked about. What's your everyday training look like as well? Well, you know, under normal circumstances, my, my back is a bit on the fritz right now. <laughs> I, uh, what I normally do, you know, I have a weekly routine, normally Mondays, Mondays, I go to train at Henzo. So that's going to be two hours on the mats, usually because I train with some guys before, a half an hour before, just to kind of loosen up, get some flow rolling, then, you know, John's class. And that's total two hours. Then I, I will teach Monday night. Uh, Tuesday, I will usually train with uh, one of my guys and then teach uh, Tuesday night. Wednesday and Thursday, and you'll know why, it tends to be lighter days for me. A lot of times, I will train in the water Wednesday, Thursdays for myself. Mm -hmm to get better. Friday, I usually will train with one of my guys, Enrique or somebody, you know, one of the other guys. And I teach Friday night, Saturday, I will make it sort of could be a medium day. My usually in the wintertime, I will train with one of my guys in the summer. If I'm banged up, I'll train in the water. So it depends on my body, if it needs break or not. And Sunday I train at my open mat, which usually is medium to hard. And that's usually two hours on the mats, uh, sometimes two and a half. So that's my weekly schedule. And I usually try to play the sort of the medium usually tuesdays and, and saturdays i mean thursday wednesday thursdays are light tuesday and uh, saturdays usually medium and i'll play harder depending you know if my body can take it or not so i think you know for me i'm not talented i tell people that it's it's just pure anything you see me do that's just pure work Same. so <laughs> <laughs> but if i tell people if i can do it anybody can you know i have to get training time but i also need to do it in a way that doesn't break me because if I'm, if I'm broken, I literally cannot walk. I, mm -hmm. I literally can't, cannot train. I cannot walk. I can barely get out of, you know, get out of bed. So right. I need to make sure that I don't break so I can continue to train wow. and continue to arms race with everybody else out there. So are you doing any <laughs> other, the kind of stuff like the whole chiropractic or the inverted table or the yoga or any of that stuff or massage gun? Yeah. Anything that'll help me out, you know, uh, Inverted table doesn't work for me for, for, mm -hmm. for some reason. I don't know why. The yeah. water training works for me. Like literally last Monday I broke and I couldn't get out of bed and I had to drive up to Massachusetts to film on Wednesday wow. and Thursday, Friday filming. And I was like, on Monday I, was, I, was, I had serious doubt as to whether I was going to be able to make it. 
But and I tried to train in the water. I couldn't even move in the water. So Tuesday, I actually, you know, I took muscle relaxers and, and yeah. uh, anti-inflammatory, and I got was able to get in the water, get get a little bit of movement. So that made me feel better. And I had like this most horrible massage you can ima- ever imagine. It's like literally, I wanted to just run away from that. It wow. was like literally elbows dug into like once you find that spot which oh yeah w- w- makes you jump and then just oh, push yeah. un- until the pain disappeared and i hated every second of it and oh, uh, but God. it worked and wednesday i felt better so i was like all right we're on the way and then we filmed for thursday friday four and a half hours on thursday three and a half hours on friday and so i held up so now i'm just trying to recover you know i've been training in the water saturday sunday what's today monday no tuesday yeah tuesday. today uh, yeah but Friday, I'm back on. The, I'm gonna be back on the match. Uh, Fox, so one of the things I want to ask you also is about your technique evolution while I can. So there's three points here that I want to talk about: your guillotine, your bow and arrow, and your split guard is what I would say. Maybe one of the most fascinating. So the guillotine with your shoulder forward, the angle, and it's not just a submission, but a, but a method of control for you. Correct. You know, I think it's a very important concept that a lot of times gets lost in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, especially at the higher levels. People, you know, some instructors tend to t- just teach a specific move or specific right. sequence. Mm-hmm. But we need to have a backup plan because a lot of times, you know, the sequence, even if you do it well, maybe your timing was slightly off or maybe the guy was kind of where you're doing it. He already starts counter. So you always, as you get sort of more and more skilled, more experience, you need to have backup plans, meaning follow-up techniques. So I especially like the DVD that we shot is going to have a big attention. It's going to be focused on that, on the follow-up backup moves. There's going to be very, very specific sort of like if somebody does this, this is what you do, but you also need to, you can't just have them explode out and just be gone. Then there is no follow-up technique. Mm -hmm. So I like specifically the techniques, submissions that also not are submissions in themselves, but also a form of control. Because you may not be able to submit them with the first move, but if you can control them, you will surely get a secondary submission or, or tertiary submission. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be when this guy is probably going to come out and, you know, I don't know, it's going to be edited, but my guess it's going to be out in a month or two. And so it's going to be BJJ Fanatic. So, you know, watch oh, wow. out for it. I think it's going to revolutionize the game in, for some people in the specific technique. What about for those so, of us that want to hoard your, your techniques and then, you know, sneak them into the academy and- well, then you have to be the first one to buy the DVD or buy, <laughs> buy the download and, oh, and enjoy, it for, enjoy it for a week or two while it lasts and take <laughs> comfort in the fact that the more, the more resistance you get, the better you're going to have to be. All right. So how about your bow and arrow? I know this is, this is a very unconventional one it um, is. that you do. You can speak about the wrist issues and the, the body placement, the head on the side of the torso. It's just it's bizarre yeah. when you see it versus what the conventional Normal, bow and yeah. arrow is. You know, I had a very hard time with jiu-jitsu over the first 10 years. It was not intuitive to me. It was not, mm-hmm. I did not understand it. Right. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know why I didn't quit because it was very frustrating. That was going to be one of my me. questions. Why didn't you quit? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe, I don't know. But it was a very frustrating path for me. The first seven, 10 years was a very, very frustrating path for me because yeah, I was not getting it. So guys, mm-hmm. there's hope for you if, <laughs> if you want to, <laughs> if you're like me, there's hope for you. But what's happened is, you know, over, you know, over time, as, as I start to not take things as, as seriously and, and, and actually start to think about things better, but also your body DNA to some extent gets rewired where your body starts to act almost naturally in things that you may have never seen. Hmm. And I actually literally into this one, I literally fell into, I did it to a, a pretty high level guy. You know, he, at the time he was a brown belt. I was a brand new black belt. 
And mm -hmm. I hit it on him and I put it, I, it just sort of made sense to me. I hit it and I put him out. I didn't even know what I was doing. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, this, this works. And I've been playing with it. And I think uh, it's funny because I think that the day we shot the episode with the bow and arrow choke, mm -hmm. Hodger posted on his channel or that like why he doesn't do bow and arrow choke. And it's, the funny thing is the way I've modified it actually addresses some of those issues. Wow. Wow. Fascinating. So it's kind of funny, you know, so it's, it's, I don't know if you can call a bow and arrow choke, but it's, it, it works. It, it's right. It's, and I, you know, where you put the head, it prevents him from moving in, in, in a way that alleviates the, the pressure. So. Right. But so yours is just, it's amazing. I mean, I tried it on someone. I'm like, holy hell, this thing works. It, it works, works yeah. quick. Yeah. It's crazy. yeah and, and especially when you got little wrists like me, you know, that's, yeah. it's fantastic. Well, my, my arms are not that, that jacked. <laughs> I have to well. I put, my, put my thumb on it to make it a little bit bigger. <laughs> a little bit bigger there. So let, let's talk about split guard because you don't, I don't see that very much. And boy, is it effective. It, it seems is. like it takes a lot of work to get it. I, I'm a novice I don't know. I still got to work at it. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm hearing that. But, you know, here's the thing, guys. Anything worthwhile is worth, you know, worth spending time on pursuing because to me now it's intuitive. Like literally I just go into it on autopilot. Yeah, and it's, it's it You know, like it's amazing. Even high-level guys, the first time they roll with me, they almost like literally fall into it. Mm -hmm. And, and then they, it's almost like, shit, I just almost got submitted. So usually I'll, especially the short arm lock is there. I don't yeah. put it on hard the yeah. first few times because I want them to understand how dangerous that position is because right, you don't right. want to be just popping into somebody's arm like first 30 seconds you start rolling. It, so, it seems uh, like such a great launch pad for, for yourself. It seems like it that's is. like the, that's it. You go from there and you're going everywhere from there. Yeah. If you can get into split guard, you literally, it's, it's extremely effective offensively as well as defensively. And the guy cannot leave. Right. Once I'm there, I'm, it's very, very, very difficult to escape. It's, it's very aptly named too, because their lower torso is being pushed back and yeah. the top half of their body is somewhere else and being twisted oftentimes. Yeah. And then you're cutting off, you, you have one arm in and one arm out. So you're splitting the upper torso as well. Mm -hmm. Once you put him in there, if you do it well, technically, uh, they have no choice but to run. And to run is the best thing you could do is, is probably put yourself in omoplata and roll. That's your best best outcome. And high-level right. guys, when I hit it on, they will do that. So you, it's almost like an easiest sweep you'll ever hit. Right. Yeah, everything yeah. else is worse for them. Even their omoplata escapes. If you guys haven't seen the jujiclub.com, Fox has some great content on there with Frasa Hobby on omoplata. <laughs> Fox, one of the things I want to know also is your thoughts on, on the future of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and uh, the young talent. And you, you didn't start when you were like 10 years old like these kids now. And, uh, no. and, and additionally, can you touch on new black belts wanting to start schools and, that, and the future of BJJ in general? The technical evolution of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is, is accelerating, which is, which is amazing, which is great. And I think there is so many different approaches to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that it really, no matter what body type, what type of personality you are, you can always find a, a teacher that can sort of give you the, the education that you need or that's going to click well for you. So I think that's really, really good. I think the uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has evolved. I, mean, I know some of the moves have been known for decades and generations, but they've evolved. They've become tighter. They've become just like cars. And, and I think that the technique of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has probably evolved more in the last 10 years than it has obviously in the previous 10 years, but that's, that's like with anything building cars. But I, I want to send this message to young black belts is guys do not disrespect the old school black belts understand that they help 
pave your way. Mm. All right. So maybe the things were not quite as uh, also the technique at the time, if you go back 20, 30 years ago to get technique was not that easy. Yeah, good qualified teachers was not that easy. So anytime right. you have pioneers of anything, the following generations should respect that. Despite the fact that technically the, the current generations are advancing such a rapid clip. And right. second thing I want to say to the young black belts that want to open up their schools, guys, understand it is not easy. Understand that everybody wants to walk around like every, it's, it's weird. Like people, for some reason, they want to own restaurants. Yeah, I'll tell you why, because they see this, especially nowadays, you see celebrity chef, yeah. you know, cooking with cameras coming in and it's fun. Yeah. Even before the celebrity chef time, you know, people see the owner, you know, in the restaurant, the owner comes in, hey, you know, if you're a regular customer, let's have a glass of wine. Sure. They don't see how much work goes underneath, how much work went into that. How little of that time is actually spent sitting down with somebody having a glass of wine while they're probably their, their husband or whatever is scrubbing dishes in the back because the dishwasher quit that day. Martial arts schools is another business that a lot of people aspire to owning because they think it's easy. It's like, hey, I'm going to go teach a couple of classes, man. And, you know, people pay me this much and for private and this. And, man, I'm going to make a lot of men. You got to pay rent. You got to pay utilities. You got to babysit people. You got to don't get me wrong. I love what I do. But it's yeah. work. Yeah. So be ready for that. You're an entrepreneur. You got to take on all those responsibilities. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, Fox, one of the things that you say oftentimes, and I don't want to put this in conflict with anyone. I remember hearing Henry Gracie and his brother talking about how 20 pounds and I think it's 10 or 20 years is a belt color in terms of difference if you're with someone. So if you're rolling with someone 20 pounds, or 20 or 10 years younger than you, it's, it's about color difference. Now, what I've heard you say, 20 pounds is a rounding error to you. Yes. Can, can you so, expand on that philosophy? You know, what, what they're saying is probably right, but I don't, I don't believe in it. And I think basically what you believe in will, is the reality. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. My, my, my personal philosophy, I don't care, you know, about your age, about your size. I, wanna, I still want to get the better of you. That's, it's, it's very simple. So, and if I can't, I will always believe that I need to make my technique better. So at some point I can't. And that's, that's what I'm going to stick to. <laughs> so are you, throwing, then are you throwing your students with these? Uh, are you doing weight classes at your, your academy? Or, no, no. You know um, I mean, you know, when you're drilling, you want to have people roughly the same size because – Again, you're trying to match up people by size, roughly. And you want to try to put somebody that's got a little bit of experience with somebody who has none. Because if you put two guys that don't know anything, mm. you know, then the teacher's busy helping somebody else out. Yeah. You know, they're, they're kind of stuck. They're just, but yeah. other than that, it's like during open mat and stuff, people go with whatever size. We, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, we have absolute weight. So at the end of the day, that's, we all aspire to be absolute champions yeah <laughs> <laughs> very nice i want to talk about some of these fun things that i've, I've shown you before what i call foxisms right so <laughs> one of them being the the 20 pounds as a rounding error another one that i liked was like fly on honey i believe was one of them. <laughs> and then another one was say hello to my little friend you often i heard you would say where did, where did that come from uh, that's from, um, I forget what's the guy, the, the, the cocaine dealer. Uh, Scarface. Scarface. Yeah, hey. Scarface. So, All right, ding, you know, ding, with, ding. With, with, with a little gun, you know, he's spraying, say hello to my little friend. 
So every time, like when somebody thinks they got the better of me and then I just, <laughs> next thing they're getting choked. I, that's why I say, say hello to my little friends. It's usually when I'm, when I'm doing baseball bat choke, Nogi usually. That's usually when that phrase comes out. Another one I've seen you whisper in their ears is say goodnight. That's yes. always a good one, a classic. And uh, one of the things I wanted, and I think this is an East Coast thing because I haven't heard this term used too much and you can define is a uh, goon. W what's a goon? Uh, to some extent, I think it's a bit of a derogatory term. And I refer to that, to, it's not, you know, like it's usually the, the guys that are relatively new and they don't have a lot of technique and they just basically try to rely on their size and strength. Mm, but okay. uh, anybody could be a, of a goon mentality. And I, and I think some mm. of my students actually took it as a term of endearment, had patches made. And <laughs> oh, did they? <laughs> but it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it should be like, um, to me, it's like the mentality. Like at the end of the day, even with my big guys, I try to break them of that. And, you know, we have a lot of big students that have an amazing, very technical game. You know, I was like, you know, you got to get rid of this goon mentality because mm. ultimately when you rely on the goon mentality, meaning, okay, I'm bigger or stronger, therefore I'm going to mangle you. Yeah. yeah, that's that's great that, you know, you may get the better of that person, but that doesn't help you evolve your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And at the end of the day, everybody should be studying to get their game better. So That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing you know, a recurring get, theme here, uh, mentality, yeah. character, a lot of these things. Yeah, Absolutely. So one of the, th the other things I've heard you say, too, is using the word uh, victorious instead of winning. <laughs> I am victorious. A, like, what well, is this guy? He is I, from I, regal I, background or something like that. What is this? No, yeah, as I said, I'm not well-spoken. Sometimes it's literally the move is in my head and I can't think of the, could have the, the, proper, the proper word <laughs> that I just come with the closest thing that I can think of. <laughs> victorious was it. Yeah. <laughs> So also you got a lot of these different, and I'm trying to, I'm just starting to, to sort of capture these things because I'm a psycho like that, is uh, I, one of my favorites was I'd rather be in a scramble than being systematically picked apart. And for some reason, that one always stuck with me. Can you expand on that thought? Yeah, just think about it. You're getting mugged and three, you know, two guys holding your, your, your arms and third guy's going through your pockets and has a knife and he can stab you anytime. Mm -hmm. To me, that's being systematically dismantled. Now, if, mm -hmm. on the other hand, if you're just kind of punching and there's just like, you know, one guy drops down, kick the other one in the balls, he drops it. I'd rather be in that than right. being systematically dismantled. And in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, especially, I, I walk around, I, you know, during the filming, for some reason, me and Enrique, we, we kept eating, like we kept having pizza all the time, but we kept losing weight. I, I dropped down to like, I normally walk around 160, 162, but I, we dropped down like 153 for me and Enrique, 174. But I don't know why I think, but I'm not the biggest guy. Let's I'm back to normal 160. And I'm not the biggest guy. I want to, you know, in a scramble, I will, I'll always get the better of you rather than just sort of like being just picked apart. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you're being picked apart, you're losing. In a scramble, yeah. it's, it's still up in the air. You can still win. You can mm -hmm. still be victorious. <laughs> you know, I, I took it too as one of those things. Sometimes you see these guys freeze like me today, let's say first day back uh, to jujitsu in a long time. And you become almost like a uh, audience member, right? Where you're sitting there and you're watching a guy, you know, get position, get position, get position. You're like watching it all happen and you're not doing anything. You're just kind of freezing. That's okay. You know, that's temporary. Everybody will have a brain fart every once in a while. So it's okay. That's why I'm saying try to do something. You know, or at least pay attention yeah. to what's happening. So at least, you know, okay, if he puts his hands here, I know where he's going to be doing next. <laughs> there is a benefit from having that understanding 
as opposed to just kind of spazzing out and not knowing anything that's going on. Spazzing yeah. out is not a scramble. All right, so let's talk about some of the things that you got going on here. Um, let's talk about Costa Rica. I, I do seminars all over the world. And, you know, some of the countries that I've done a lot is in Italy, in Czech Republic, yeah. in Germany, in Holland, France, Austria, mm-hmm. Slovakia. I've done a lot in Canada. I've done a lot in the U.S. I've done Costa Rica. What I like is I like camps. I like the idea that usually when I do a seminar, last, I think it was in fall, I did a German seminar too. I did seven seminars in six cities in nine days. I was constantly like packing, unpacking. It was a lot of fun for me. I didn't get a chance to enjoy the country because usually I'd come in, get together with a few guys for dinner, teach a seminar and then pack up and go to the next city. So what I'm trying to do, and I've, you know, I, I started to do that in Czech Republic, which is for, for people that don't know, is literally in the center of Europe. It, it's got tremendous, beautiful historical buildings. It's easy to get around. It's a great infrastructure, very safe. Dollar goes pretty far there. You know, like literally you could have a steak dinner with a couple of beers probably for $15. Wow. So I started doing a camp, like three-day camp there mm. about five years ago, six years ago. Now I do it every single year. And it's a lot of fun because we all hang out together. Like the latest one had about 60 people. And we basically get up in the morning, get breakfast, seminars from 10 to 1230. Mm-hmm. Then we all go to, uh, for lunch, have a couple of beers, talk, relax for an hour, instruction from three to five. And then we go to dinner, a couple of beers. Then we go to the pub. And it, you just spend so much time talking with people. And we literally, last year we had people from the US, from Germany, from Czech, from Slovakia, from Russia. Wow. So, you know, you get to meet a lot of Jujiteros from all over the world. And it's a lot of fun because we bond with each other. I'm doing that one in the summer. And I want to do a Costa Rican one in the winter, which I did this past winter. We did in literally if just a week before everything right started before. to shut down. I know, right before. Right I before. kicked myself in the ass for not going to that. And it was so much fun because yeah, it, like it. it was small. And to be honest with you, like part of me was like, man, this is too small. I'm just going to use it as a test. And then next year I'm going to go bigger. I'm not going bigger next year. I'm going. I'm doing the same same place. We're, I already put my deposit down. It's February 23rd to February 28th. Okay. So why is that, Fox? Why not bigger? I mean, you could totally go bigger now. I like it. Hmm. The small one. I don't have to babysit too many people. Hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, my students know who I'm talking about, oh, and yeah. uh, and my friends. My one friend in particular will right. know who I'm talking about. But it's <laughs> it was so much fun. We. We hung around together. We basically, on the way from the airport, you stop at a bridge over, like there's these massive crocodiles under the bridge. Wow. So we have a lunch. We're watching the crocodiles just got acclimated. We did one BJJ wow. session. We have dinner. We all eat together. The wow. food is amazing. And then we basically take over the whole place. The whole place is ours. So we, it's all Brazil, about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and the community. We went amazing. to a uh, rainforest. This time we have a, a trip to Manuel Antonio National Park lined up for that too. Wow. So Google, Google that. It's, it's amazing. You know, wow. we saw toucans, we saw frogs. And, and, and by the way, in February, it's, it's dry season. So this, the weather is going to be great. Wow. Paradise. Yeah. 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 It truly is. And it's, it's amazing because we all, it's a hotel, like there's two floors. So that's where the rooms are. And above that is open air mats, which are obviously covered with a roof, but it's open air. So when wow. I, we actually uh, did one of the roll with the fox from there, and I told people, I said, listen, guys, there's a pair of big giant macaws flying around. And if they are, 
<laughs> or the toucans come by, I'm going to have to interrupt just to check them out. But we did see a lot of – it was amazing. So we're doing it again. again it's going to be February 23rd to 28th. It's going to be six days versus five days this time around. Same place, but we have a slightly different program. And we – you know, in the evening, we'd always – you know, they have bikes. So you hop on a bike, you, you go to the beach. It was truly a lot of – a great experience. So once, once it starts to be posted on Facebook, it will sell out. So jump on it, guys. Damn it. I, I know no. I don't want to publicize this because I don't want. I know it's going to sell out, but uh, well, you got to do what no, you got to do. It'll, it'll it'll be good. So everyone else, you can go also to jujiclub.com, get uh, Fox's Huma Plata instructional. Use promo code SilverFox5, get five dollars off. Go buy his Fluid BJJ book. You can get that on Amazon and everywhere else that sells books. His Daijitsu instructional, which I own, definitely go get that. There's a lot of amazing stuff. Urugatami, Huma Plata stuff on there. All really fantastic, fantastic content on that one. If you get both the book and the, oh, and the right. DVD. The book yeah. has a uh, discount yeah. code, yes. In terms of social media, you guys just go to everything SilverFoxBJJ on yeah. Twitter. It's on Instagram. Silver, SilverFoxBJJ.com is the website. Fox, anything else that I want to buy? Head to toe, sweatbands, <laughs> a hat. You know, I'm going to be that guy. Just... The NASCAR driver. Yeah, NASCAR um, driver. <laughs> yeah, guys, everything is SilverFoxBJJ. You know, me with the blue gi, I, I, I'm maxed out on friends, but you can still follow me. And every once in a while, you know, spot clears up. But we're on YouTube channel, Silver Fox BJJ. So subscribe to the channel and just watch out for the BJJ Fanatics instructionals. I think you're going to be amazed that like there's a lot of content that I consider. I don't see other people using it out in the, in the world of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I think it's going to be good. And guys, one thing I do want to add is guys, enjoy this journey. It is fun. It's supposed to be fun. So enjoy it. Thank you, Fox. Always my pleasure.